what is going on everybody and welcome back to another edition of top rank unboxed it's your boy ricky i'm here with my co-host jalen and we are here at the top rank hq and we are joined by one of our friends from across the pond over there we're very excited and it's a huge pleasure to have mick conlin today on the podcast mick will be fighting for the title against luis Bernardo lopez on the 27th of this month and i'm really excited because i'll be there so I kind of want to start this off first of all, asking how you are, but then I want to get into Belfast because I'm very excited to go there for the first time. Yeah, yeah, listen, you're going to love Belfast. It's, in my opinion, the best city in the world. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I love the place and, and just it's home. Um, the safest place in the world. Also, in my opinion, a lot of people will not say that, but I do. Um, yeah, it's a great place. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I've put my life and soul into this training camp and, and I know a lot of people say that and, and stuff but no, I really have um I've given my whole everything for this so I know what what's at stake and I know what I gotta do. Do you ever compare training camps because I'm sure there's so much that you learn from each one. Yeah that I've learned over the last few years I think the last last three or four in a row have just got better and better and better and I've been I feel, I'm feeling like a better fit every time in each training camp so um, there's an awful lot you learn and an awful lot you learn about yourself through a training camp. I'm away from, I'm, I'm here in England, uh, away from my family and I've been away now since start of January or sorry to start of February. Um, it's been long, um, but this is, I suppose this is what it is and you got to do the, uh, the best better you can be. So you train, you primarily train in England? I always train in England. Yeah, it's been like that your entire career. Away from program. home, I, yeah. I, well, the first year I trained in in LA. Actually, I trained with Money Robles for one year in LA, and and it was unbelievable. But you no, know, aim my partner. We had uh, like our second baby was on the way, and I was like, you know, we need to probably be a little bit closer to home just so you can have a little bit of help on hand because when I'm in training camp, you know, I'm useless as an ice trail on motorbike. You know, it's it's pointless. Um. Uh, the reason we had to kind of move back and have that family set up that kind of tight-knit system around us. Um, and that's what we've done. So we moved back. And, and since then, I've always been here. Um, I feel that you know, over here, I have a fantastic coach in Adam Booth. And if I was going to train with anybody in the UK, it was only him. So the fact that when I came back, I'd done a trial with Adam, checked the L's, and we went from there. I mean, I can imagine too training over there in England. You got a lot. There's a lot of work, I'm sure, because you guys got a lot of fighters over there. Uh, what's it like, you know, compared to training in America or training, you know, even in your backyard in Belfast? Yeah, listen, it's it's much better than Belfast in terms of like you know, the 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 bodies and and fighters. There's there's much more people here and much more kind of quality of sparring here uh, at home in Ireland. There's there's a good lot of fighters, but not all the kind of quality and variety that you need for, for training camps and stuff. And you got to fly people. And I still fly people in from different parts of the world, even from Mexico, from, you know, Colombia. I've been flying in Argentinians and Italians and stuff. And, you know, I, I think you still need to kind of source sparring. But when I was in Southern California, you know, you didn't have to do that. You had, you know, world champions on hand. You had everybody on hand. It was fantastic. You know, these guys were right there, right there for you sparring. It was, it was easy. So, um, I was, del I was delighted to be there and and get a lot of work and get a lot of experience. 
gym in the gym at the time when I was there in Manny's gym. Um, there was Oscar Valdez and Jesse Magdaleno, and both at the time were world champions. You know, one twenty two, one twenty six. So that was around my division at the time. I was I was kind of one twenty two, one twenty six, and I was getting work with them guys. And you can't ask for better, like world champions at the same gym, all striving to be you know great fighters. So yeah, it was. I feel like that is such a huge. Um a huge thing that people don't realize about boxing and, and taking that on as a career is like, you have to figure out sparring partners. Right. And it's not always as easy as, as people might think. Yeah. Like if you don't live in LA, if you don't live in Vegas, if you're not at wildcard or the top ranked gym, like you have to be flying sparring partners in, you gotta, you know, sometimes you have to beg these guys to come in too. Sometimes yeah, I, I, it's not easy. I, I've got to pay all my sparring partners. And you got to um, pay I them. Yeah. And, I, I, <laughs> yeah. and I got to fly them in. I got to, I got to feed them. I yep. got to put them up in hotels. You know, this is, you know, it's not a, not a cheap way of doing things. Yeah. Um, but I suppose the best way for me, uh, in terms of where I am, in a body which I can get my hands on, and then the stuff I have to source in, is the best way to do it because it's better for my family. Uh, to be closer to home, have that support. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really commendable too, that you're prioritizing that and that you are putting that at the forefront of your of your mind and your Yeah, your I, I am. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also a very selfish person that I, I come away and go into training camp for 12, 13, 14 weeks, whatever it may be. And you know, I'd be away from, from, my, from my partner, Shauna, who he's looking after both kids. And she's got a, a lot a lot of plate and it's, tough man you know she's got she's basically like a single parent when i'm away and, and my kids seeing them i'm missing birthdays i'm missing things i actually got to fly home this this friday and then fly back saturday evening because my daughter is making her first communion where oh. i think you make it so we got we got the first communion on saturday and she was saying to me like if you do not come to my communion she's eight years old remember this thing? so she's saying to me you don't come to my communion I'm not making it. I'm not crossing that door. Oh I will not do this. God. Better oh be there. Better be there. So I, I, I'm on the strict orders. I got to be there. So I said, listen, I'll see what I can do. Depending on where I am in training camp, how things are going, you know, I'll, I'll come back. But I was always going to come back. On the other hand, my son, who's, who's four, five, he's five. If it was him, he would just be like, okay, daddy. Oh. He's, just, he's just the nicest. He's just the nice, nice boy. But my daughter, she's probably a bit more like me, very demanding <laughs> and want, want, wanting what she wants. So, yeah, it's it's good. So I saw that photo you posted uh, of your son doing the famous middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's such a nice boy. It's good. <laughs> I know, I know. But listen, the, the, like one thing about me, you're always going to hear, you know, some, a, a fuck or some shit in, in anything I'm talking. About. It's just how I speak. It's, there's language, which I use, which wasn't commendable, but you know, it's just a part. It's, it, it's a part of me. It's a part of who I am. And I think everybody kind of knows that by now. And um, my son and my daughter, obviously there's, there's music and stuff or songs made about like the Olympics and all. And it says in the song, and they gave him the middle finger, and he says, "Fuck you! Don't <laughs> stop me making my dreams come true." So it repeats what I can kind of say. It. My song, my son and my daughter have heard the song, and now they run around going, "Then they gave him the middle finger," oh. and then you say, and they say, "Fuck you!" And I say, "You can't say that." And they "If we're only singing a song, it's your song. We're allowed to sing it." I'm like, oh, these these are smart. You know? uh, these are good. So how do you uh, how do you feel like if? you know, your son or your daughter is, is cussing up a storm at school. 
Yeah, well, this is the happened. They went into the, in the school and started singing the song, and then <laughs> they kind of got away with it because it's my daddy's song. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's it's uh, you know, it's it's only language at the end of the day, and if people are really going to get caught up on it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They say cursing also is a sign of intelligence, so let me just put that out uh. there. Cursing <laughs> is not a bad thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, I know. But I suppose, I suppose I'll take that one. Because I didn't. Just take it, yeah, take, take that it. one. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so you and your partner, Shauna, again, you guys have two beautiful children. Uh, bro, how do you balance, you know, being a world-class fighter as you are and being a full-time partner and a full-time parent. How do you find the balance in all that? It's hard, man. It's hard. Like, I'm basically away. If, if, I, if I fight three times a year, I'm away 36 weeks of the year. That's three quarters of the year. Um, it's not balanced. I, my, my, my career takes priority in a sense. I do what I can when I can. I try to be as home as much as I can, but me trying to achieve my goals and, and set up my family for life is, is, is my main goal. So that's why I do what I do. And it's very hard to kind of balance you know, living and being, being, being a partner, being, being, being a parent, doing, doing things which, you know, I should be doing, which I don't do. And then even when I, I am off and I do have time off, I'm always thinking, I'm always like, like what, what do I need to do here? I need kind of, you know, I, I, I need to be switched on for, for what's going on. Comfy coming up, I need to be on like the socials and stuff. Sometimes I just need to just pin my phone because I, sometimes I'd be on it too much and I know that myself and it's just a waste of time. Um, and you know, I've been reading things and doing things and learning how to be a better father in a sense. Um, but it's all well and good just reading them, you put them in practice, and that's what you know, I gotta start doing. How do you deal with burnout if you ever feel that? Uh, in a in a family sense and stuff, I just go to training camp. That's <laughs> that's how I deal with it. I go to training camp, but in terms of training and stuff, you know, I I think I've got a kind of doing that. I've I've got my my routine doing where you know I have many people involved in my career. I have nutritionists, physiotherapists, you know, strength conditioning, and, and, and you know, physiologists. Everything involved. So so everything is quite scientific, and you know, we can tailor it down to know when I'm starting to kind of go on the slide a little bit and I need to rest and cover and then we go again. So anytime I'm feeling like I'm starting to burn out, uh, my, my team will know because we do like random check-ins and stuff and things and everything. So it's all good. We, I don't think there's been much camps where I've really been doing too much burnouts. I, I do think, not burnout, but I do think I've probably overtrained in a few of them, but um, we've kind of got that. Yeah. Uh, going back to your your partner and your kids, do they go to all your fights? My kids don't know. My kids have been my daughter. My daughter was at most of the first fights the first year when I lived in LA because it was only three of us and we lived together. And I didn't like them and being in the department and I was going away, so they would have came to the fight and stuff and watched the fight and, and they loved it. And my daughter was three or two at the time, so she got the experience, you know, a whole different type of life over there and. My son, he's been to like two or three, just one when he was just a baby, and then the Mariaga fight back in back in August was the one, the first one they kind of went through, where I think they've both been switched on about what it was and seeing an actual boxing match. And I didn't go to the world title fight, which I wouldn't allow, and, and they won't go to this fight either, which I won't allow because 
there's so much at stake and, and, and everything that happened in World Health Fair last year, I wouldn't like my kids to see that happening. And, you know, I'm glad they weren't there because that was a very hard time for anybody, my family who, who was there. So um, I don't want my one thing, which is here. My kids, they love watching me fight and stuff and they want to come to the fights and they like to do boxing and stuff, but I will never let them box. Yeah. What if they really, really wanted to, though? Like, if they really were passionate about it, they wanted to, like, no? they wanted to pursue no, it so well, I, bad. Like, I would let my son and my daughter, my daughter probably would like it more, I think, than my son. Um, I'd let her, like, do the training and stuff, no problem. But when it comes down to, like, sparring and fighting and stuff, nah, man, that's, that doesn't need to be done because if you look into how dangerous and damaging boxing can be and, and, and is, you know, even the fighters who don't take loads of damage or anything, it's, it's still damaging you know, we wonder that every time you step into a ring you commit a different person because you think as soon as you get hit on the head you lose brain cells, which means you've actually lost something from yourself, so you are a different person from what you were before you stepped into the ring sparring, fighting everything is all the same so, yeah, I would let them train I love I love sport and I, I love what boxing done for me, it changed my life you know, it saved me from probably a, a very you know, bad life. You know, I could have could have been a completely different person than what I am. I could, I, I'm very, very thankful and grateful for what boxing has done for me. But I'm now in a position where I don't need that for my kids because you know, I'm not in the position my father was in when, when we were coming up. Yeah. Do you think there's anything else you could have done or wanted to do instead of boxing? No, nah, it was always boxing. It, it was, was always, always sports. You know, yeah. I, I love sport. It was mm-hmm. like my father was a was a boxer when he was a kid and stuff. And actually, he actually kicked out of the club because he was fighting in the club and stuff. But um, like we were always watching the Olympic Games and and the pro fights. My father would wake up at four a.m. and bring us down. We were just kids to watch the boxing and stuff. And he ended up becoming my coach. He coached me to win an Olympic bronze medal. He coached me to win, you know, become Ireland's first ever male world amateur champion. Um, and, you know, uh, like Olympic bronze medalist, everything, European champion, everything I've achieved is, tr- is through my father and through Drave, which he's put into me and, and everything he's given to me. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And, you know, I think it came to a point, I played all sorts of sports, I played soccer, I played, you know, Irish, Irish sports, hurling and, and Gaelic football, which you guys would know, but they're unbelievable sports. Um, although no money in them. <laughs> so that wasn't that that wasn't the route I was going. Uh but when it came down to it, I think I was like fourteen or fifteen and my father says, But you gotta make a decision now. It's either, you know, focus solely on boxing or go to the other sport and, and give it your all because now it's the time you gotta gotta you gotta pick and I said, Well, probably a little bit too small to be, you know, a really good football player, soccer player. Um I think I'll do boxing because I like hitting people and not getting hit. So, <laughs> you know, it's 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 nice and and that's why I kind of went towards the boxing side of things. I also think it was due to my older brother Jamie, who's who's now my manager. Um, I think if he had to stop boxing when he was like eighteen, five years old, five years old, me, if he had to stop boxing when he was eighteen, I probably would have stopped boxing. You know, when I was, you know, around that age, because all I wanted to do when I was a kid was be like my older brother. Yeah. Like, I, I looked up to him so much. I still look up to him. He's my manager, and, and we're, we're, we're close friends, brothers, everything. But 
I just wanted to be him as a kid. Like I would try to get his hand-me-downs and everything, you know, every everything, anything to do with him. I wanted just to be like him. He played soccer as well. He was a good soccer player. And then when he got into boxing, he was like, there was there's three of us or four of us all together, but the three of us who boxed, there's Jamie's the oldest. Brendan's in between me and Jamie and then me. And Brendan was actually the most talented, but Jamie had the more like, Guts and balls where he was ready to go to war even from a young age. He just had that kind of head down in the gum shield type of war style. And even his nickname was the Irish Mexican, you know what I mean? He used to just be in wars all the time. And I was just always inspired by him. Where me as a kid, I was just that kid who just like, hit someone, laugh, move out of the way, laugh, stick my tongue out, do all that shit as a kid and <laughs> really get under people's skin. And I was more of the finesse kind of say, where he was more of the, the guts kind of say. And you know, that was the only difference between us everything else. Just, I just adored him and, and wanted to be like him. So he's probably one of the, re- him and my father reasons I, I kind of definitely spec the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you said he's your manager and he also helps run your promotional company, uh, Cotton of Boxing. Do you find it difficult sometimes, though, to separate like business and personal with your brother since you work with him on both levels? Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. I'll be honest. It's hard. Sometimes you'd be like, mm. like, I know that at times he's trying to kind of shelter me from things because I'm the fighter still. I'm not, I'm not all, I'm, I'm his co-promoter, obviously. And then obviously he managed me, but so I'm, I'm the fighter and you know how fighters are. Very, fighters are very, uh, very selfish and very, you know, everything is about them. That's the way it always has been kind of thing. And, Promoters will say things to managers which fighters shouldn't hear, and stuff. And like he'll he'll shelter me from a lot of things and not tell me a lot of things, which I'd be like, you need to fucking tell me. We're also business partners here because I need to know. I don't give a fuck what they're saying. I just need to know what's happening. Um. So sometimes you'd be going, the the things kind of cross over and clash a little bit. But in all honesty, I wouldn't have it any other way because I have someone who I can trust with my life. Never made my career, um, handling my career. I, I could, I could, you know, put all my money in his bank and know that he would not spend a penny of my money on me. I trust him that much. Well, we wanted to circle back a little bit. So when you turned, uh, you turned pro, uh, you went pro and signed with Top Rank after the Olympic Games in Rio. We know what happened there in Rio. Uh, I don't even think much needs to be said about that. But you made your pro debut on St. Patty's Day weekend in theater at MSG. Walk us through that day. What was that so like? Loud, so loud, so loud theater, huh? Wow, for a debut, six round fight main event. Yeah. Connor McGregor walking in yeah. with me. Me dressed like a fucking leprechaun. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see when I think back on it now, the performance is probably one of my worst performances of the whole career. I was going in there going, I just need to get this guy out, get him out, get him out. And also, I had told so many people, I'm going to win a third round. <laughs> I had told everybody. <laughs> If you watch that third round and watch how I perform, it looks like I just knew I'm just get him out, finish this fight, finish the fight. I've got too much people putting money in this, I'll be in trouble. Um but yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I remember like sitting backstage and, and like McGregor comes in, he comes over and on the Raj with fifteen people and he's talking to me and, and Manny's talking to me and I get my hand dropped and the next minute I'm gloved up and I'm ready to walk and I'm like, I haven't even Warmed up. What is going on? And then I was going to myself, what the fuck happens if I lose here? 
there's a, f- a sold out theatre, sold out MSG on my debut. McGregor's walking me out. What happens if I lose? All of Ireland has stopped to watch this. A lot, a lot of people came, like, I think the 5,000, whatever it holds, I think 3,000 or 4,000 was actually from Ireland. The rest were Irish Americans. Um, and I remember just getting to the ring. I can't, it was a blur when I, when I was walking the ring. It was a blur. I was seeing people from home and stuff. But I get there and I'm just like, right. And like, McGregor's like, go, slow, slow, smooth, smooth as yeah. fast. Yeah. Yeah. Me. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's one of fate now. Oh I just need God. to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the bell goes and and I go out trying to get a feel of it. I've never been hit with the little gloves and all. So I'm like, okay, I got to be perfect. I understand because my brother was a professional. I know that's different and stuff. Um, and then I just rush it and I just try to get it finished. And once it ends, the crowd goes mental and I'm just, I'm just ecstatic. I'm delighted. Half going, that was shit, but I'm just happy it's over. You know yeah. what I mean? One and all, one KO on the paper. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. crazy, Mick. I mean, like you came out and such a big, like that's a big holiday for you guys. And also you came out with McGregor. That was like McGregor at his peak, like 2017, yeah. right before yeah. the Mayweather fight. Yeah. How did yeah. how that's did... how he made the Mayweather fate? He made the Mayweather fate at that. That was it. The at that at that fate, he says in front of Dan Raphael and, and and all the other boxing. I am boxing. I am boxing. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, yeah. fuck Floyd Mayweather. I'll fuck him up all this year. And they're like, okay, well the Floyd Mayweather fate is just being made. Why didn't I get a cut of that shit? <laughs> made this fate. I had him here. He done it all here. So, um, yeah, it was it was huge. And, and McGregor, let's be honest, at that time. He was probably the biggest star in com- in sports, sports altogether, yeah. Yeah. but also one of the biggest stars in the world mm-hmm. at that time. Never mean just sport in the world at that time. Everybody talked to him. Everybody wanted mm-hmm. a piece of him. Um, and I had him walking out on my debut. It, it was absolutely crazy. How did that co- How did that conversation come up though with him walking you out? Were you guys friends before, or how did that? Work? Yeah, we were friends friends enough before and stuff. And you know, he reached out to me after I won the world championship. Like congratulations, from world. One world champion and another, and I was like, oh, Conor McGregor just big race out and stuff. And then I got him his sparring partner for the Nate Diaz rematch, uh, and gave me like the Reebok boots and all for the first time. And like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and and then like I we we he was doing an event in Belfast at the end of 2016, uh, in a like a hall sold out of like 2,000 3,000 people. And, I was there and I got invited up on stage to have a chat. Me and him have to sit there and have a chat in front of everybody. Just stopped it. Everybody, everybody. wanting to, to know what's going on. In front of everybody, I says, so um, what do you think about, <laughs> what do you think about what made my debut at MSG? Full pressure. He <laughs> could not say no. He could not say no. You put him oh on the spot. Front of, put him on the spot in front of everybody. <laughs> and they just went, you know what? It'd be a pleasure. I'll definitely do it. Shook on it and that was it. Done. Wow. And sealed. <laughs> what is he? What is he like? Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Oh, he's he's like you see all like the bravado and and how he is, but you know he's, he's actually a real lovely guy when you meet him. Um, he puts the different person when the cameras on him. Obviously, you know he's got to be. He's got to be Conor McGregor. He's got to be the people, the world, people the world know, and McGregor the world want to see. But he's actually a real humble, good guy, nice guy, good advice. Um, very smart businessman. Plays the game so so well. Um, yeah, he's 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 a good guy. 
Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you felt after the Laywood fight? It's no problem. I, I can speak about it. It's done now. You know, I'm, I'm on the verge of become world champion again. So um, it's no problem. Uh, I'll be honest, it's one of the lowest I've ever been in my sporting career. Uh, I'll say sporting career, I'll say life. But um, there's people who feel much, much more heavy shit than, than losing fight. Um, but yeah, in terms of sport, you know, that's probably the lowest I've ever been. Um, I was heartbroken. I remember I was I was actually on like the medical bed, but to go into the ambulance. I don't know. Looked up and I think my brother or my partner Sean, what well, someone was above me. I goes, "What happened?" Oh. Her was left. He says, "Oh fuck!" Just closed my eyes. <laughs> just like I was dead again. Oh no! I was like, "Fuck's sake!" And I remember getting to the hospital and and, and I was sitting there doing all the checks and. Everybody's obviously worried. People thought I, I, I died, you know what I mean? Like, because of the way things went, they kind of went into the ring and stuff. I was actually very lucky that I had my brother there who caught me before my head hit the floor. Um, so I was very, very lucky. Uh, I had someone there to do that, or I could have been, I could have been seriously injured. Uh, that would have been fucking, that would have been like the worst thing that could ever happen. The last thing you want to see is fighter getting injured in a fight like that. Um, but, I remember that. I remember going back to the hotel after after the after the, after being in the hospital and stuff. And I sat there with my whole team and I said, "Listen, I'm at fault. Nobody else, nobody done wrong here. I'm at fault. I made the mistake. I lied down in that stage when I was fatigued and I shouldn't have. I wasted energy when I shouldn't have. And people were saying, "No, this this or that. They're pointing to different things. Nobody else is at fault here. Just me. That's." Nothing really, like let's be honest. The boxing match. You know, this is my career and stuff, but the boxing match, I'm alive, I'm I'm healthy, I'm I'm not dead. Um so I kind of went, I need to get back to where I need to be, I need to be the champion and, and I need to achieve the goals which is set out. If I don't achieve them, that's that's failure for me. If I don't if I don't reach my potential, I, I believe I've failed and, and for me uh that's the world champion and I need to get back there as soon as possible. So you know, once that holiday was done, I, I was on to my brother during that holiday. Not even, not even three weeks in there, I had, I had already messaged him back. Yeah, I'm already working on. Thinking of August, I said, "Hey, no problem." He's like, "Sure, are you ready for August?" And I said, "I'm ready. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go right away." Yeah, it sounds like you were able to really get out of that space before it got really, really bad. You know, because like for some people, they stay in that space or or they don't have a goal that you had that was able to give you the hope to shift your mindset to not stay in that depressive state, you know, and that that's, yeah, thank God. Yeah, definitely. Thank I, God. I think that's like people who surround yourself with, you know, it says, I think in the Bible, the one of the biggest in your life person you pick to be your partner, and your, your wife or whatever it is. Um, and I know, Shauna will feel sorry for me for a little bit and then she'll be like, no, stop that shit. You need to fucking get back to where you gotta be. You need to have strong people around you. You, need, you don't need to kiss people around you and people who are gonna you know, play up to whatever it is you're doing. My father, my brother, and my, and my Mrs. Shauna, um, I'm very lucky to have them as people who will tell me the cold, hard truth when it has to be said. When other people don't want to say it, they will say it. 
that's the thing. They 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 are all right. They once they told me they believed they still believed in me. They know I can still be what I want to be. I still had that belief. That was the main thing. You know, you talk about having a strong support system, but you're also kind of a mentor for guys like Kurt Walker, Kieran Malloy. What's that like being, you know, the mentor type of guy for for young young and upcoming fighters? Yeah, it's it's great. You know, I I don't mind. Like I'm I'm not, I'm not young. I'm thirty one, so I, like I have experience and awful lot in sport of boxing. Um, I've been around the game as I said, for twenty four. Involved in sport boxing twenty four years. I've been around it even longer. Um, but yeah, it's 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 no problem. I, I actually enjoy the role. Enjoy the role of of helping motivate and help gay people and stuff. It Kurt. Just next door playing Call of Duty right now in the <laughs> room. You know what? Yeah. This is my setup. This is my setup here for Call of Duty. I was gonna say um, you have a very gamer yeah, setup gamer, right now. Like gamers. I know yeah, you'll be proper, playing games. Proper, <laughs> yeah. Gamer headset off shows everything. You know we got two screens and all. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's great. And and like I, I like Kieran's in a different gym than me, but Kurt's in the same gym. So I see him every day. I get him. I help. I help him. I give him advice. I explore with him. I, we, we work out together. Um, when he's not in training camp, it's very hard for me. It's it's so boring here, it's so lonely here. But the fact that he's here and he's away from his his daughter and and his partner, and you know it's it's kind of we're on the same journey together. Kieran is up there by himself, up in up in Northborough with his team, and you know, he's fantastic. He's a kid who's always trying to learn, always trying to get better, and always wanting wanting information. And you know, being being a part of these guys' careers is, is fantastic, and help help manage and promote them also is is fantastic. You know, we're delighted. Have those type of caliber of fighters or Kurt's an Olympic bronze medalist. Kurt was actually a potential opponent of mine before 2016 Olympics. Wow. And oh. just so, so the funny story <laughs> is uh, I'd, I'd just qualified for 2016 Olympics through the WSB with that World Series, like semi professional boxing, kind of through the amateurs. I qualified through that. And there was a World Championships, European Championships, and then a World Championships. The World Championships, you would have qualified for Olympics. So the coach at the time, Billy Walsh, who's actually Team USA's coach, yep, now, yep. he says to me, he says to me, he says, uh, rang me, I was in Portugal and I was drinking a pint, sitting there having a pint on holidays. <laughs> July, he says, Mick, if uh, we're going to send Kurt to the Europeans, uh, he says, okay, no problem. And he says, if Kurt qualifies for the Worlds and then goes to the Worlds and qualifies for Olympics, you two are going to have a box off. Go to Olympics, oh, but I'm already qualified. He says, now you'll have to box off. And I knew how good her talent that he was. He's a talented fighter. And I said, I sit there with a paint master. Billy, fuck her. I'm going. <laughs> so I had, I had two weeks of training. Yeah. I had two weeks oh of training. Off the drink. I, I, like, I was still in Portugal. So I'm in Portugal for a week. And I had a week in Dublin before I went to the Europeans. So I, I put the drink there. I finished that night anyway. Drank it anyway. I had a good night. And then I get up the next morning, 10K, 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 10K. Everything. Oh, jeez. I need to lose weight. Weight was the, was the problem. Um, so I ended up getting the weight down close enough. Went to the Europeans with two weeks training, one goal. <laughs> then went to the World Championships, one goal. So I basically qualified for Olympics twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, and it was just out of, out of spite to say fuck you it's like that's a whole another level it's, it's crazy how it works out though man and now now you know you're working with him and he's part of your promotion he's also with top rank um but i wanted to ask though what's the first piece of advice you give to like a young guy who's going pro 
now that you're like a seasoned vet, you're a world-class fighter, you're a contender, what, what is the first piece of advice you give them? Fuck what everybody says. Fuck what the media say. Fuck what anybody says coming through. They're going to talk shit every day because I know like, it's probably a little bit different for me. My, my, the start of my career being such a spotlight on Gregor, MSG, debut, in event, all this shit, and six round fight. Everybody was watching all the boxing, boxing like scrapes and all the journalists and stuff watching. And they were going, yeah, not as good as what we were expecting. Then, like, after that, yeah, common shit, yeah, common doesn't punch all this shit, all coming through. But I just kept doing what I was doing. And the first year of Monas, it was tough, you know, listening to that shit, you know, seeing that shit. You were like, I don't think I'm that good. Obviously, I'm trying a little bit too hard or something, trying to knock people out, which doesn't happen when you try. Um, but yeah, once I stopped listening to that and just started to kind of do what I do best and using my skills, I think that's when you seen the best of me. And I think, you know, I've shown, I've shown the caliber of talent that I have, um, since all that shit. And I don't think I, I don't hear much people talking so much shit no more. It's good. But, um, yeah, I think they need to kind of block that out. I pay attention. I know social media is fantastic for faders and stuff, but also, it's a cesspit, let's be honest. Twitter, probably the worst out of all of them, where people talk shit and have anybody has an opinion, which anybody has an arsehole, everybody has one, so they want to say some shit. Um, and there's no point to feeding in India because it's irrelevant. It's like letting someone come into your living room and say, you're shit. If you read their, their stuff on Twitter, what's the point in doing that? So I try not to use them. I use them for, for work, obviously, boxing, promotion stuff, but um, yeah, I think that be smart around social media stuff is one thing and, and don't care what anybody says just within yourself mm-hmm. well now you know you're going back going back home to belfast you're fighting venado lopez for the ibf featherweight title uh what do you think of lopez as an opponent and as a champion i, th- I think he's a fantastic fighter i think he's you know as a champion you know coming to belfast you know that takes a lot of balls um and credit to him he didn't help me. He didn't need to come, but he's been to Belfast and he's coming to beat me. He'll do everything he can to hold on to his title. I think he's a very dangerous opponent. You know, punches both hands. He's very unorthodox. He does some crazy stuff in the ring, but um, he has my respect. But on fight night, you know, I, I believe that his biggest strengths will be his biggest weakness, and I believe I'll become champion. Do you feel any added pressure though that? Your, this is your second world title shot, and it's also at home in Belfast. Is there any added pressure similar to that of when you had your pro yeah. debut? Those same type of nerves? Yeah, I think, nah, not the same type of nerves. It's different. You know, it's different this time. You know, I have the experience. I have, you know, the experience of fighting in a, a 12 round world title fight where the pace was probably 1,000 miles per hour all the time. And I'd done things in that fight, which I'd, I'd never done even in sparring stuff where. I was trying to get a guy out of there from round one after I after I flattened him in round one, which we didn't train for because I'm not listen people said I'm not a puncher, but like the last four or five opponents have all hit the canvas, but like I wasn't expecting to land that shot so quick so early and then having to put the put the foot on the gas, which I don't think I was wrong with doing. Lee just showed incredible toughness and durability throughout that fight. Um, the recover as part of recovery was very, very good. And you know, I, I used a lot of energy very early on fight and that's the experience which I can take from this fight we've been working on, you know, 
ferocious pace from round one to round twelve. Tomorrow I have five different guys for twelve rounds. You know, it's it's gonna be a hell of a day tomorrow. I saw on your Instagram that you went to some Wim Hof retreat. I love Wim Hof. I'm obsessed. My dad introduced me to that breathing method. I don't I don't know what that is. It's changed my life. It's like it's incredible. Yeah. I'll show you after. So oh, it's, just it's, tell it's, me everything about it. I want to hear. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. We were with Wim. Uh I think it was over five it was over a week, it was probably over a week, I think, or ten days. Mm-hmm. Um it was an unbelievable experience. It was in the the Pyrenees Mountains, uh, on the border of Spain and France. Oh so we had to fly to God. Barcelona and then take oh. like a, a four hour drive up these mountains. Uh-huh. Like we, we were doing like caving and everything. We were jumping through all the caves and shit and it was, it was crazy. And then just the, the cold plunges and stuff. It was the coolest plunge. I have to do cold plunges every day, but this was cool. It's like another plunge. level, right? I mean, like yeah. it was like not point one degrees or something. Oh like my that. God. <laughs> the first day like my my partner shauna she came she had never done nice spot she'd done like tubing in the sea and stuff she went into the cold sea in ireland there this cold years 10 degrees um celsius but she uh she'd never done a spot and then the first day so we get there and whims like okay today we do we do uh we do 10 minutes <laughs> she goes <laughs> i says look at that I see we had to put all the ice in ourselves. We had to lift all the ice in. Every, there was a hundred people. We're all putting ice in. Sit up in the all different groups of us. Uh, so we get in and she done like, for her first one, she done like six and a half minutes. That's impressive. Like, That's I mean, really like, for, impressive. For, for how cool it was. Because I was sitting there and I knew that like, the competitiveness side came out to me more than anything. It wasn't like <laughs> trying to like focus on like cooling the temperature or like heat my body up. I was just like, Fuck you guys. I am not <laughs> like I'm not losing <laughs> a none of y'all. I'm not gonna I was like shivering and shit in the bath. I was like, I'm not gonna it's okay. like, I'm I, fine. I can do this all day. And then the second day, so the second day we come back and he's like, Okay, today we do fifteen minutes. And I was like, This guy's fucking crazy. Fifteen ten was ten was hard. Ten was really hard. So we do fifteen. I done I done the full fifteen. She done twelve. Wow. So like she even improved there and it was like it was like, when he's there, I think it's even easier, you know? <laughs> and then, like, the last day, I was like, today we do 20 minutes. And we're like, fuck. <laughs> like, fuck wow. this. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what I've done them all complete. Yeah, they were, they were good, man. But, like, I remember I was sitting there. On the last day, I was sitting there. And I was, I was just sitting there going, looking at everybody going, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> the guy beside the, the me was, like, trying to focus. I said, so, told me you do uh, some, some mountain climbing and running stuff. He's like, yeah. I'll tell you after. I says, okay, 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 okay. So I was sitting there and I goes, so what mountains in Ireland have you ran? And the guy oh didn't know he was struggling, but he was really struggling. He's like, oh, I ran, the, I'll, I'll tell you after. And he started to like stutter. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm okay, you know. I feel like I'm in a jacuzzi. I was saying the Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so you was, didn't stutter was, at all? Was, you didn't start stuttering uh, toward, toward the end? Towards, towards the end. Towards the end. Towards the end that you, that I did like towards the last like five minutes. Yeah. Like, oh. But uh, no, the bre- the breath work and stuff, that's different, man. That, that, that's like, like I advise anybody who struggles like through the mental health and uh, any, any problems they got, start to look into the Wim Hof, the cold therapy, the, the, the breath work and stuff, because that's just like being on, you know, mushrooms or something that takes you to a different realm. Um, you, you like, yeah, I seen people break down emotional and stuff. I actually got emotional at one stage too, and I was like, "What the? Fuck? 
you know, why why did I feel like going to cry here? This is crazy. But like you gotta just release and let go and uh, and go for it and you know the like the reason I say this about mental health stuff is because I, I do a lot for like the charities and stuff back home. Um I don't suffer particularly suffer with anything myself, but um I know like the area I grew up in you know, as one of the well, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Belfast, whatever. Belfast, I think, or Northern Ireland alone since the troubles in the three eighties, the nineties, um, till the nineties when this made, there's been more deaths from suicide than the troubles and a war which happened in the country. More deaths from suicide. So I think we had the highest suicide rate in Europe at one stage. Um, I have known many people who have, have taken their own lives and stuff, and I, I think like things like the breath work and the cold water plunges that's involved in school stuff like the schools I go the school I used to go to. The kids at 12 and on antidepressant medication, they're going, what the fuck? Like, like I, I'm lucky. That's one reason I'm very lucky with boxing. Because I, I didn't get to see that side of, of life. Boxing kept me on you know, a straight and narrow path and had me towards where I need to go. And I, I, I dabbled in loads of stuff and I got involved in loads of stuff, which my family don't even know. They know now because I've spoken about it. But like at the time, they didn't know. And it could have been really bad. I, I was on a very slippery slope. But thankfully, you know, Boxton kept me. You know, I was told actually I was going to. I was told you're going to get drug tested, and I was like, "Shit!" I get caught, my dad would kill. But I said, "I gotta stop." That's when I stopped when I was sixteen. I'm taking drugs and shit. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a hard place in terms of mental health and stuff. And I I believe like the Wim Hof method and and everything to do with with that kind of side of life, even like. People doing the, the the mushrooms and stuff and all the psychedelic medication, very good for you know getting getting through things, which and breaking through bars, which you didn't know were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, microdosing is becoming like so popular now. Like a lot of people are really, and there's been a lot of new studies too with all that type of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I watched the one on Netflix. And I was like, Jesus, then it won't take some fucking DMT or some shit. You know, this seems this seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You got to be careful with the Netflix docs, though, because sometimes it's like night. It's like nice little packaged propaganda, you know. So yeah. sometimes you got to be yeah. a little bit careful. But but I do like those. So. I do like 100%. those documentaries. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to. Well, I had one final question before we wrap it up, bro. Um, obviously, you know, you you sell. I'm sure you celebrate after your fights, and assuming you win. And I know we don't want to overlook Ronaldo too much. How hard? How hard are you gonna party in Ireland in Belfast? Oh, it's gonna be crazy! Like I, I've just brought it. I've just brought up my own beer. Really? Um, no shit. Ooh. Yeah, I brought, brought, brought up my own beer, Lagra, which means with love. Okay. Oh, nice. in, in in Irish, uh, it's a lager. So, uh, I'll I'll make sure that we have you know plenty, Jalen. You can taste it when Yay! you're over. It'll be plenty I will. in the Me and Maddie. Me and Maddie. Uh, <laughs> you can bring some back. Pack some, pack some for Ricky. Bring some back. Let Woo. him taste it. Uh, my my main goal will be it's one of the sponsors on the ring. It'll be my main goal is to try and get it in the America. Yeah. So nice. you know it's only SPM plus. Let's see what there we can go. do. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'll party hard and you know ho- hopefully I'm I'm hoping to come to. Uh, I got I got invited to the Boxing Raider Awards uh, in New York just before Loma Loma and Teal. Sorry, uh, uh, Taylor and Teal. Uh-huh. Um, so. Most likely, I'll probably be in New York for those, um, and I'll come to the fight. Nice, um, nice. I'll party there, and then I, I'll go away. I've got holiday booked in 
in July, and then I'll probably go to Ibiza. I've got, oh. I've got, I've got. Uh, oh, I've got you said it. You of, said it right. Summer of going crazy. You said Ibiza right. I hate when people say it wrong. <laughs> Thank God you got the yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, so Ibiza, <laughs> like that's where my beer is actually launching. Oh, nice! It launches here on May twelfth. Um, they've got it in everywhere. All the big nightclubs in Ibiza. It's all there. It's going Ocean Beach. It's shy. It's in high. It's it's everywhere. Wow. Um, so if you're ever in Ibiza, just ask for some, like some Le Gras and then you can send me a photo of it. I've got the Le Gras. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Well, you know, we don't want to take up too much of your time, man. Uh want to give you the final word uh, to the fans before your fight on May 27th. Yeah, please tune in. It's going to be an unbelievable fight. Um, it has all the potential to be another fight of the year type fight. I hope it's not, but we you know it could be a great fight. And uh, please tune in. And thank you for the support as always. At home in the states, everywhere. Um, no, I can't wait to come back to New York as well. Uh, the, the city, which is my my second home. So I'm looking forward. Yeah, it'll be fun in New York. It'll be fun. That'll man. be a fun time. I'll meet you in New York. I'll be there for that fight. Yeah. So that'll be okay, the first we'll, time we'll we go on the drink. Yeah, there we go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Nick yeah. Collin, everybody. Hey, thanks, man. Take care, guys.